Hello and welcome to the Non-Diet Yogi Podcast. I am your host, Casey Conroy, non-diet dietitian, naturopath in training and yoga teacher. This is episode 27, Thin Privilege and Body Inclusive Fitness with Anna Hearn. Now, Anna is the founder of Haven Wellness, a body positive fitness and yoga studio in Sydney, Australia. She's also a yoga teacher and lifelong yoga student, health at every size and non-diet personal trainer, already loving it, aren't you? And body respect cheerleader. So, just a bit of a personal update before I get into the interview with Anna. It has been a busy, busy month for me. I have um, decided to move a bit closer to town into a normal, in air quotes, house with enough bedrooms for the kids, um, a bathroom that's not outdoors. And um, yeah, that is obviously a big move. I have lived at um, Crystal Waters, a permaculture eco village in the Sunshine Coast hinterlands. I have lived here for oh, nearly three years. And after everything I have experienced here, I have made the decision to move closer to town, town being Mullaney, which um, some of you may have heard of in the Sunshine Coast hinterlands. And I will be um, renting a house that belongs to a friend and I will also be renting out my current house. So I've been pretty busy finishing renovations, um, coming up with a rent price for my own property that's fair in this insane market but that also covers my own rental and housing expenses. Um, I've been screening potential tenants, which I've got to say is exhausting. And on top of all that, <laughs> I'm about to start seeing members of the public through um, my naturopathic clinic at um, the college that I attend in Brisbane. I'm also uh, working very hard to keep this podcast going, which is why my Patreon subscribers and supporters are so, so helpful. Um, and I guess just, you know, bumbling along, doing my work, teaching my yoga classes and seeing clients and parenting as a single parent. So it's been a lot and I've been pretty tired at school holidays as well so that adds another layer of um, excitement but also energy um, ex expenditure let's just say. So I've really noticed that I've been a bit more tired lately it's also winter time that really introspective water element time time where we are meant to slow down and conserve energy so Maybe not the most ideal time to move house, um, but hey, you know, <laughs> we've got to do these things sometimes. But I have taken these couple week school holidays off teaching yoga um, and I'm just trying to consciously do less during those couple of weekends that I have off um, just for the time being, the short time being. 
Along with moving house in the next month, I'm also going to be moving my clinic space from my home-based clinic space here in the bush up to Mullaney in the Sunshine Coast hinterlands, which is a bustling little town. So I'll be a lot more visible, I hope and think, up there than I have been kind of tucked away deep in the bush here. And of course, even though I'm um, hoping to see more clients in person in Mullaney, I'll also continue to offer online and virtual consultations. And as I've mentioned the last couple of episodes with my youngest daughter in kindy four days a week now when it's not school holidays, I have a little bit more available um, spaces for consultations. So as I mentioned, we can do consultations virtually or in person for those in the Southeast Queensland region. And if you're interested in a consult with me, I offer a free 15 minute chat just to make sure that we are a good fit for each other. So that's me. And now to my interview with Anna. I had been wanting to interview Anna and meet Anna for quite a while now. And although we know um, people who know the other, (laughs) such as the lovely Nina Kingsford-Smith, shout out to Nina, who is a wonderful Hayes nutrition colleague and works with Anna at Haven. Um, Despite all that, our paths have never crossed until now. As you'll soon see, Anna is a deeply caring, gentle, community-orientated person who has a very clear mission in mind, and that is to help women cultivate a peaceful relationship with their bodies through movement, yoga, and self-compassion. I think that by neutralizing body size, not focusing on weight loss, and instead emphasizing the importance of things like enjoying movement and caring for our bodies, um, Anna is really reimagining and recreating what the fitness industry could look like and what I hope and think is going to be the future of the fitness industry. People are starting to come around to health at every size and they're opening up to body inclusivity health at a wide range of shapes and sizes and the fact that people in all different types of bodies want and need to move. Our body's made to move and Anna is facilitating that in a much more inclusive, compassionate and healthy way, I think, than I've seen in any other gym or even yoga studio and I've worked in a lot of these spaces. So um, that's, that's saying something. As a small-bodied person myself, I have been itching, I think, to speak with a fellow health professional, fitness professional, about one elephant in the room topic in particular, and that is thin privilege. So before I get into the interview with Anna, I just wanted to take a minute to talk a little bit about what thin privilege is before playing the interview. So thin privilege basically represents all of the social, financial um, and practical advantages that a person enjoys because they are thin or just in a relatively smaller body. Like all other forms of privilege, a person who has thin privilege may not even realise that they have any particular advantage simply because um, it just is normal for them to say, 
not have to think about um, whether they're going to be able to fit into a seat on a plane or not have to think about whether their clothing size will be easily available at a shop they're going to or um, or whether they can eat in public without being stared at or even uh, publicly ridiculed, which happens horrifically um, to people who are in larger bodies, I might add. Through the media, we've been told time and time and again for a long time now that the so-called normal size is thin. It, it is small. And this assumption that we need to be thin in order to be acceptable and even just okay um, gets played out really frequently and in really damaging ways for people who are larger than the so-called normal. And I'm saying normal in air quotes. You just can't see my hands. So if you've been a quote-unquote normal size your whole life, you may never have actually thought of the benefits of being thin or smaller. But sizeism, which is what this is, is everywhere. And it's one of the most accepted kind of isms in our culture. So just to illustrate what I mean by thin privilege and how it shows up in the world, um, and I'm speaking for myself here as a, um, a small-bodied person. So I'm never assumed to be unhealthy just because of my size. My size is just, it's not the first thing people necessarily notice about me. Um, other advantages I, I enjoy are when I'm grocery shopping at Woolies or whatever, people don't comment on the food that I've selected and that I might have in my trolley in the name of caring about my health or just trying to be helpful. Um, as a person with thin privilege, I can also expect to pay reasonable prices for clothing and to find clothes locally that are um, in a wide variety of styles and colours and, and the latest, trendiest kind of stuff instead of outdated shapeless, colourless, boring even clothes that are designed to hide my body. Um, when I go to the doctor, they don't immediately suspect that I have diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol or other so-called weight-related diagnoses um, and jump on that as the first or most likely diagnosis or even talk about um, concerns about my weight rather than what I might have actually come in to see the doctor about in the first place, which might be Nothing to do with high blood pressure or high cholesterol, etc. Um, more advantages. People don't assume that I'm lazy based just on my size, which awfully is what um, happens, let's face it, to people who live in larger bodies. Uh, as I mentioned, I can comfortably sit in airline seats, in waiting areas, at uh, medical centres, etc. and not worry that I'm not going to fit in the chair. I'm not the brunt of jokes for many, many different comedians. Um, I can eat whatever I want. I can eat it in public. I can not have other people judge me for it or make assumptions about my eating habits or my health. Um... And the media doesn't describe my body shape as part of a so-called epidemic. And there are so many other privileges that I experience just because I'm genetically primed to have a smaller body. This is due to no credit of my own um, that I live in a smaller body. And this becomes even more of a pressing issue for health professionals like myself who 
handle tricky power dynamics, especially when it comes to a situation where you're a smaller bodied health professional and you're working with clients who live in larger bodies. Um, people who have have who have lived experiences of being systematically oppressed for their size, you know, these same people who who actually inspire and teach me so much about what it is like to live in the world in a larger body. Um, and in this episode, I talked to Anna about this sometimes tricky and touchy topic of thin privilege, and I, I just really love what she has to say about it. So aside from thin privilege, in this episode, we talk about a bunch of other things, including how and why Anna's body inclusive fitness and yoga studio, Haven Wellness, was born, moving the focus away from body transformations, fat loss, and no pain, no gain, and towards balance, self-compassion, and body attunement. We discuss speaking to clients and fitness professionals about haze, health at every size, in other words, weight neutrality, and body acceptance. Um, there's something that Anna says. She says, there is no hierarchy of bodies, abilities, or sizes, and I just love that. We discuss marrying what you want or your fitness goals with what you actually need. The value of sharing your own story and vulnerabilities as a fitness professional to cultivate a safe and comfortable environment for your clients. Of course, we discuss thin privilege, Lindo Bacon, and the ways other forms of privilege show up in the Hayes movement. And finally, we talk about Anna's favorite resources and teachers in the Hayes and body inclusive fitness and yoga worlds. So we had a few technical difficulties in this episode and not long after we began recording, there was a glitch while Anna was introducing herself. So despite her extremely busy schedule, Anna very graciously recorded that bit all over again and sent it to me after the interview. So thank you, Anna. Thank you for that. If you're wondering why the first bit of this um, interview seems a little chop and change, that's why. But it's only the first couple of minutes of the interview before we get right into um, the original interview. Last thing I'll mention is if you love this podcast, please subscribe to the Non-Diet Yogi podcast so that you get the latest episodes as they come out and give us a shining review. Why not? On Apple iTunes. Um, I offer some free stuff. I have a wonderful ebook called A Modern Yogi's BS Free Guide to Wellbeing. It's a nice little resource if you're just wanting a quick introduction to how you can look after your health and yourself without all of the wellness wankery that comes with um, the yoga and wellness worlds. And you can download that ebook for free at funkyforest.com.au or get it from my Instagram profile link. So we've got the at non-diet yogi handle. And I also have my business handle at funky.forest.health. So without further ado, here is my interview with the wonderful Anna Hearn. I'm Anna and I have had Haven for four and a half years. I opened Haven in January 2018. And when I opened Haven, look, to be honest, it was a little like an experiment and I had no idea that we would end up uh, where we are right now, almost five years later. Uh, we're very lucky to be in this beautiful big warehouse space uh, in the heart of the inner western Sydney. 
and very blessed, very lucky to have such an amazing community of people that are all kind of looking for something a little bit different to traditional gym culture. And back in those days, when it, um, Haven was born from this um, desire to give women something a little different. And I had been a personal trainer working with women in their homes and going to them in their homes. And I realized that uh, despite size, age, uh, weight, you know, everybody was coming to me for weight loss as their sole or their main goal. And I, and regardless of whether they were in society's so-called ideal body or not, um, weight loss was a top priority. And it just sort of triggered something, knowing that something was a little off in our society. Um, and I started to learn a little bit about body positivity, which is a bit of a surface level um, intro to um, what is more, I find more valuable and, and much deeper is the fat acceptance, fat positive movement. And I learned about the health at every size movement. I started diving more into that. Um, and then I was, I was working at a small women's studio where it was becoming more and more conflicting for me because I was sort of trying to offer this more compassionate approach to, to bodies and challenge, encourage challenging the messages that society tends to give us, especially women, about bodies and size. And um, the other trainers in that were offering a more traditional um, message. And so there were protein shakes, there were meal plans. I was meant to measure and weigh people. I mean, I did do that back then and it just become more and more uncomfortable and felt unethical and unnecessary and quite degrading, to be honest. Uh, so I was sort of just feeling like, wondering if I even wanted to stay in the fitness world. And um, I thought, you know, I'll just get a space where I can bring my clients to uh, and offer them a space that doesn't have those messages that your body's not okay or that small is always better or that pursuing weight loss and a thin body is, is the right way to do it to, to be. So that's kind of how Haven was born and it was myself and a little space and then we've grown. I took on my first trainer a year later and then very lucky to um, have moved through the last couple of crazy years with COVID and have this uh, lovely space and a big community. We've got about five trainers now, a couple of exercise physiologists, beautiful team of yoga teachers. Uh, we have a couple of dance teachers and um, dietitian and nutritionist as well. And even a beauty therapist, which is a lovely um, addition just to you know, offer sort of nurturing services in a, in a safe and warm environment. So you, you were describing how you created Haven, this beautiful body positive size inclusive community, um, which is obviously so needed because when we think of a traditional gym and, and traditional gym culture, I, I at least, I think of weight loss challenges. There's a huge focus on fat loss and body transformations. And um, I'm as you have, um, I've worked pretty closely with some gym managers and fitness professionals and find that not all, but some of these folks will often, when you get to know them well enough, have their own body dysmorphia and and even you know questionable behaviours around eating. Um, and yeah. it's it's really insidious. I think this this problem it's 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 real and it's insidious and it's it's the norm. This is the norm for the gym model and it, it can translate to gym members and be quite traumatizing mm -hmm. to people um so mm -hmm. i really love that you're changing this paradigm and i'm really curious to ask 
um, how do you introduce this concept to other fitness professionals, to practitioners? I mean, um, I work with GPs and other allied health and I mm -hmm. find I need to be kind of um, careful or just mindful yeah. about the way I discuss the topics of things like problems with BMI, weight stigma, fat phobia, yeah. it's like a delicate conversation. Sure. How do you approach that with your people? Yeah. For sure, that's a great question. Um, I think that, um, well, one thing is that we, I work a lot with new clients that come in. So I spend time um, getting to know the clients before, you know, before they join Haven. So I get that chance to sort of sit down with them over a cup of tea and chat to them about um, about them, about their own, you know, history with gyms, yoga movement, their history with their body, anything that they're comfortable sharing around um, movement. And I often share my, I do always share my journey because I think it's important for them to understand what Haven's all about. So then I get the chance to kind of dive into our ethos and explain um, what it all means. And, and sometimes some people are already, they're coming to us with an awareness of that they might be coming to us because they're specifically looking for a weight neutral space you know of course there's not a whole lot of us out there um, but they might be quite new to it as well so there might there's a bit of education on my part to, to share what it's about and it's important to me to do that because one well, the main thing, to be honest, is about protecting the culture. So the people that come here because it is one of those space, one of those, maybe the only safe space where they feel they can be free in their body and certainly where they can be comfortable moving their body without judgment. Um, and they might have had some trauma at other places and all sorts of stuff. But protecting the community is really important. But I want them to have all the information that they need to also decide if they feel like they're comfortable in Haven as well. Um, so I get to have that experience with newcomers coming into the studio, potential um, clients. When it comes to professionals and practitioners and that, that's kind of a different story because um, as you, you're probably aware, like you just shared in the, um, certainly in the medical model, I understand that can be quite um, quite weight centric. Um, so I don't sort of liaise with them um, uh, personally a whole lot. Um, I'm sort of more on the side of um, welcoming in the clients and that and then sometimes I do need to connect with them and that and I do have a little bit of a rundown of what I explain about what, what we're about and look it's not always received with um, completely open arms or you know it's not always understood um, but I haven't had to go down that path of really breaking down the problems with the BMI to a medical professional or anything like that just um, just yet. But I do have a community of um, fellow Health at Every Size aligned professionals and I run a weekly, sorry, a monthly um, meetup group. I started um, with another couple of uh, Health at Every Size um, folk in the last, uh, it was four years ago, so near the start of Haven. Um, and it's just started to get a bit of momentum again. We had that break over um, with COVID, of course. But um, through that, we're sort of connecting with more professionals and there's some more people in the GP space, so medical um, uh, G GPs and um, psychiatrists. And then we've got a lot of psychologists and dietitians and things as well. So that's um, one way everybody's sort of doing their part, I guess, to connect with more people and share the message a little more, um, challenge that narrative around traditional weight-centric care. Um, and then when it comes to like the fitness prof the fitness um, professional world, that is a tricky one. I mean, I've been recruiting. I've recently just filled our team um, with some lovely new team members. Um, so I was on a recruiting bandwagon and that was, it's always a tough experience, like in general, finding people 
people that are a good match for our culture and um, and the space in general. But but really with the ethos, it's really hard for people to grasp. So um, that um, was quite quite a slow process to try to find people who could align with us. So that's still a work in progress, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's always a work in progress. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it very much sounds like you've connected with some incredible practitioners and and trainers and coaches who are there under the Haven roof with you, which is it's really cool to see that and it's very encouraging. Um I'm sure for lots of other non-diet um practitioners and and fitness professionals just seeing what you're doing and and being inspired by it. Um Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you're, you're a fitness professional, you're a PT, you've got a lot of different tools in your belt, but going by what you were telling me the other week, it, you were saying yoga is your true love. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm misquoting that, but, you know, you, are you still undertaking your yoga philosophy training and um, mm-hmm. you're doing, yeah, that kind of thing. And I think... Um, from what I can see on Haven's website and um, just, you know, a few things I've heard from Nina, who's a nutritionist with you. um, There seems to be a lot of, a lot more focus than in your traditional gym on bodily attunement and self-awareness and and tuning and checking in, seeing what it is that, um, you know, your clients feel like doing in terms of their movement for the day how do you kind of encourage your clients to bring it back mm-hmm. to self-care for the body um, and to practice some of that self-compassion and self-acceptance and, and real attunement to how their body feels in the middle of a gym culture that often endorses the opposite, like the no pain, no gain attitude mm-hmm. and the, the rampant comparison with others, you know, you're, you're doing mm-hmm. the opposite and that's a big achievement. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think um, I do kind of think of Haven as like the antidote to that traditional approach, no pain, no gain, you know, always trying to maximise your time, your energy, you know, get the most bang for your buck. It's this sort of real culture of pushing and progressing and ambition and maximising. And I think... um, you know what I've learned is that we, we can we can do that kind of behavior for bursts of time for short periods of time and just like diet culture pursuing a smaller body and that you can tend to do it for periods of time but at what cost um, and what I've learned is that the value of slowing down and um, finding the rest within the the movement you know and finding just finding that sense of balance and recognizing that what you need one day could be very different to what you need another day and um, so it doesn't always have to be up here progressing achieving getting results um, and and the way that we do that on a couple of levels so one is when the clients come in I mentioned it before the cup of consult that is an important Important part of um, connecting with Haven for those reasons that I shared before about protecting the culture, sharing everything so the client knows what we're all about and making sure that they feel comfortable through everything. Um, and, and this is where I give that bit of information about how we approach things too. So I let people know that we work from this non-hierarchical approach. So you might consider 
if you think back to any experiences you've had at other like traditional gyms and things like I can think over the years of just feeling like in a class whether it's yoga or um, fitness there's kind of one way to do the exercise one right way to do it and you're always trying to get there and if you can't do that you have to take the modified version the beginner option and it can feel a little deflating um, so we teach more from a place of um, there's no hierarchy of bodies of abilities of shapes or sizes so this is we share this is one way this is another way this is another way and you know you might like to take one option one day because you've got lots of energy you're feeling really powerful you you're injury free and you want to explore your body's boundaries and that's awesome so we'll support you and another day you might come to that same class um, know that your body's capable of that but maybe mentally you actually want to just move and not be trying to get somewhere and progress and push um, or you, there's an injury you need to work with or whatever it is there's just our bodies um, and our minds we need something a little you know different often it's, it's variable so we're trying to um so we give clients that information at the outset that that is our approach um and then when they're in the sessions and their classes um or working with the trainer obviously working with the trainer one-on-one -on -one, that's quite different to being in a class setting so the trainer has the um the trainer and the client get to know each other and that you know the trainer gets to know how the client likes to learn and move and what things serve them and if there's always that conversation about how how they're feeling and what it is that they would like to get out of the session and what they might feel they want to get out of the session what does their body actually feel like it needs and sort of trying to marry that um the, the what you want for your goals with what you actually need sometimes it can be a little bit of a um a gap between those um and in our class we're, we're doing the same just by our language and by giving options and by creating a safe space where there is no judgment that's really ultimately what it's about it's about haven provides a space where we encourage everyone to gently let go of comparisons which can hang around for lots of us um, but in a space where there's no mirrors and there's uh, no you know you're just not really going to see people floating around in the coolest um, hottest workout gear pumping you know weights and looking in the mirror because there are no mirrors and so there isn't that attitude that can tend to come with traditional gyms and feel quite intimidating um, and the other thing too with that cup of consult, meeting everybody that first time, it means that everybody knows that when they walk in the door, everybody else has had that conversation. So we're all kind of on the same page in, in one way, shape or form. Everybody's there for, for, to get something out of the ethos um, that is important to them. And um, that, that creates a bit more of that safe feeling to explore your body to explore what compassionate movement looks like for you in that day whether it's a strong sweaty fast session lifting heavy things or whether it's something different um, they're all really valuable options so yeah that's how we do that that creating the safe space uh gentle reminders for our language um also you know i guess um what's the word showing that in our own actions and that too and trying to um practice what we pe preach a little and then share that and um, we're quite vulnerable like I certainly am quite vulnerable with my clients too and I've had the pleasure of getting to know a lot of people and um, guide them through things that they might be going through or just be there as peer support and um, share my vulnerabilities and what things I've learned have worked for me maybe what haven't worked for me share resources um, share the offerings of working with people like me now, a nutritionist or Leanna, a dietitian. Um, so yeah, just really cultivating that safe and comfortable environment.
Oh, that sounds so delicious. <laughs> it really <laughs> sounds like you are, you're redefining fitness standards and, and gym culture there. Um, you know, I, a lot of what you just said, I was hearing that there's a big, a big focus on enjoyment and presence and body awareness and achievement. And I, that was going to be one of my next questions. Um, you know, how do you help people start to move their focus from those external references, the comparison to the more internal, but you kind of answer that in saying, you know, we don't have mirrors. Um, we have that cup of consult to kind of set expectations to start with. There is no hierarchy of options and bodies and even your own vulnerability. That's just wonderful and so grounding and refreshing, I think, to see in the fitness industry, because often again, you find the opposite. Um, so yeah, really appreciate that. Um, you sharing that Anna that's really cool um so I'm wondering this is the like big question that I've been wanting to chat to you about Anna I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this I'd like to talk a bit about thin privilege so you know as a small bodied person I find that I personally personally need to be quite mindful about how my privilege shows up mm -hmm. in my work with my clients both dietetics clients but definitely in um, teaching yoga um, mm. and you know recently we've had the con controversy surrounding Lindo Bacon and the ways mm. that other kinds mm. of privilege show up in the health at every size movement um, mm. this is kind of just taking the hammer and going straight there but how do you approach this in your own work with your clients and what tips might you have for how we can mm. check our own privilege and kind of know our blind spots mm. yeah it's, it's a big question it's a big um you know really relevant topic i think at the moment and uh going back i'm reiterating this cup of consult business a lot but it, you can see it's quite pivotal it's quite important for us um and for for the members and that so in that too i do often touch on that and um i think I'm often trying to sort of put myself in the, the client's shoes and how they might feel coming into a space. And if they are somebody who's um, shared or, you know, presented with um, some challenging um, relationship stories about their relationship with their body or food or movement, and if they are um, perhaps in a bigger body and I'm aware of my um, small body privilege, my thin privilege, then um, it's often helpful to, to share that a little bit about well, a my background and what led me to open haven so that they can see that um, it does come from an authentic place and through my own journey and although um, I live in a smaller body um, in this society you know living like I mentioned before um, what regardless of our shape and size um, in the society we just often have this body dissatisfaction it's kind of ingrained in, in many of us and it's the culture that we've grown up in so it doesn't um you know eliminate you from having that uh those feelings about your body but it's important to recognize that the i might have had those so i might have had some quite similar experiences um in the way in my behaviors with food in my relationship with my body movement um as my bigger bodied friends and clients but who's the one that gets the judgment and the shame the guilt from you know the shame and the um yeah, the judgments from what people can see from the outside so i'm very aware of of that um that's an added you know stressor i guess microaggression that people can live with those who experience any form of stigma and weight stigma um 
from what I've learned can be obviously really challenging and really damaging to somebody's health. So that's often something that I will touch on. And then it's very dependent on the client where we go with that. We might open up a conversation about it. Um, and for those that are like myself in smaller bodies and they might not have any knowledge of what what that's all about um, it can be an interesting way to sort of um, gauge if that's something that they're interested in and if they would um, be comfortable in a space like haven where we're really trying to sort of gently promote um, awareness of weight stigma and how that can be really damaging for people's health and try to shift that narrative around bodies and we're really just trying to neutralize bodies in general neutralize this um, focus and obsession that we have on commenting on people's bodies and judging people's bodies and um, assuming that health and body size are so related and we're just trying to sh gently challenge all of that and shift the narrative um, so that that's one piece of that puzzle um, and you might be aware of like what you mentioned there has been um, um, some issues that have come up in the hay space and that's obviously brought to a lot of people's attention um, some challenges around this and so this is something else I've been diving into a little bit and we're doing another team training soon with our with our team so we're bringing in one of the wonderful um, fat activists um, here in Sydney to come and speak to the team and share from their lived experience about um, about fat phobia and weight stigma um, with my team often the trainings that I do, I like to do um, regular trainings around different topics that are really dear to our heart. Um, and this has been one that I've wanted to do, but when it comes from my perspective, it's it's different to somebody who has the lived experience of being in a bigger body. So I think that's really important to kind of elevate the voices. I think that's what's really come out of this, um, what's happened recently is this need to um, lift the voices of those who the movement is really for um, and sort of learn when to step back and like how can we support them and um, so so that's I think still a work in progress you know we're always still learning in that but that's definitely one um, action that we've taken that we're really excited about is um, sharing all that with the team. Yeah, that's really cool that, that you're um, bringing a fat activist in and yeah, I think just to, you know, repeat what you were just saying, recognising that whilst we all have our own, um, you know, body image hang ups and, and we can all, we're all privy to having um, eating and body image issues, it's um, people in larger bodies who are systemically oppressed, it's people of colour, it's um, black and indigenous people, it's um, these groups of people who experience um, that systemic oppression. Okay, so um, we're running out of time, Anna, because I didn't realise Zoom has changed their thing and now I can only have 40 minutes. But just for our last question, you've done so well in like getting through these questions today. What are your, or who I should say, are your favourite people or teachers or resources um, that you can suggest to listeners uh, wanting to learn more about size diversity, wanting to learn more about health at every size, especially as it pertains to the fitness industry? Do you have some suggestions? Mm -hmm. um, well, you've just reminded me, you know, something I've been meaning to do for some time is to update my website with all of these resources and that because um, often I do share things with clients and direct them to where they can find more more support and stuff and um it's i, I believe it's pretty outdated because um you know haven's been running for four and a half years now and i think the last time i updated it was back then so there's so much more so much more that i've learned since then um so of course we have um the 
uh, activist that I mentioned who's coming into Sydney, her name's Nick McDermott, um, who, sorry, is coming into us to see us here in um, Sydney. Um, there is Louise Green, who's quite a well-known um, fitness professional um, in the large body, and I'm not sure, I think I think maybe she's Canadian, um, so she has some great stuff online. One of my favourite um, yoga yoga people in a bigger body where I've learned a lot about working with um, different bodies and um, uh, size diversities and the calms. Mm-hmm. I think she's really cool. You might be familiar with Jessamine Stanley also. Yes. Very cool. Um, and there's, there's actually a whole bunch that I feel like I could put them all here. Yeah, I could put them all um, on paper and share them with you that you can perhaps um, add to your notes and that. But um, those are the a few that just sort of spring to, to mind at the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I recently finished Amber and um, Diane Bondi's Yoga for All teacher training. And it oh, was wonderful. Fantastic. How was it? Oh, just, it oh was, that's great. It was awesome. They're so much fun. Yeah. And yeah, I would just recommend it to any any yoga teacher or person interested in yoga who just wants to learn yeah. about um, how we can make yoga more accessible because everyone yeah. everyone can and, and should be able to access yoga um For sure. so last last question i guess anna i know it's been a short and sweet um interview today but how can people get to know more about you and 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 follow haven where can they find you Thank you for asking. Um, well, we are based here in Sydney, uh, in the inner west, but we're also, we do run a, um, a bunch of things online. So thank you COVID for introducing us to the <laughs> online world. And that's been really um, quite a great tool for a lot of our members for lots of different reasons. So we do offer a lot of our things online um, and also our train, so classes online, also our trainers work online. Um, we do have Instagram and Facebook, which are nice ways to connect. Um, and of course we've got our website you can get a lot of info it's having a little bit of an overhaul at the moment uh, but has got quite a lot of info that you can explore there and i'm always up for a chat um, for those who might just be a bit curious about our approach or not sure if it's for them um, or have some challenges around their relationship with food or body or exercise um, i love to support from a peer support perspective um, and that's important because i think like i said that vulnerability and um, getting to know each other from that perspective has been really helpful for our members and um, then I have lots of resources and other professionals I can sort of direct people to if, if they are looking for more help in that um, so I can be contacted by email everything's on the website um, but yeah I think that's probably that those are the best places cool thank you so much Anna thank you for being here today despite yesterday being your birthday and being surprised with all kinds of stuff today which and and yesterday which is so wonderful and so you should be um yeah thank you so much for chatting with me and just for bringing your work to the world and for the people who you um touch with what you do it's it's so so needed and i just hope that we see more and more of it as time goes on because the world needs it casey yeah Yeah, i think you know there have been a lot of people that have gone before me and that are doing great stuff as well and i'm sorry i just went a bit blank when i was trying to think of all the the people that i've kind of learned from and um all the resources i can think of but um there are there are people doing some cool stuff in the space but it's such a pleasure to be able to um, support our members and i feel like 
my role and you did mention before um the yoga is something that i really i really do love but i'm still you know i'm still learning so much i'm always learning from working with different bodies and that um the personal training side of things i think was just a path to kind of get me to actually create haven and so i get to run the studio and connect with the members and look after the community i'm not so much sort of in the, the um doing pt or anything so much anymore but i have a wonderful team who are um but yeah, really cool to um, just have the opportunity to see people's relationship with their body and, and movement get stronger and seeing them glow and feel comfortable in the space is really rewarding for me. So I feel quite privileged um, from that perspective as well. Yeah, that's so awesome, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, you know, you're doing what you love. It's so obvious and it's it's just wonderful to witness. I'm pretty lucky, yeah. And you too. I mean, you're doing some pretty cool stuff too. Being a the double whammy yoga and dietetics, that's a cool combo in the non-diet space. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. 